Welcome, Hypoglutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 165. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Glad to be back. Uh, it's been a while God, these last few weeks. We had the uh, enormous Frank episode, which if anybody hasn't seen, that was fantastic. We're still getting feedback on that. Yeah, people, uh, it, it created ripples in the universe and people are still... Funny as shit, man. Yeah, it's, you know what, it, I almost dread the podcast every week now because I'm afraid of not being able to live up to what we did that week, but that's okay. We're still here. We're still cranking these bad boys out. You can't stop us. Good Thank to look forward to having Frank on, you know? It's true. It was a good time. The ripple of Frank. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out, skibonepodcast.com. That's our site. If you would, please subscribe to our podcast and rate us. If you need help figuring out how to do that, go to the website. Uh, also on the site, we have a shop, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We've got some merch there if you want to check that out. We are on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Ski Bump Podcast. We're on Pinterest as Highfalutins. We are on Spotify, YouTube, uh, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. We're everywhere. So... You go to those wonderful apps, do a search, or go to the website. We have the links to all of it there. Ask, ask Alexa, ask Google Home, ask anything yeah. that you got at home. It'll read it to you. It's it's pretty easy to find us these days. You know, as long as you uh, you know, you're not Amish or a Mennonite and you got your wagon wheel. You know, if you got a wagon wheel and you're trying to ask the wagon wheel where we are, you're probably gonna be out of luck. But probably out of luck, that's right. Pennsylvania Dutch, you're screwed. The Pennsylvania Dutch, they got no they got no prayer. I don't know how they would hear about us. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, if you're Penn Dutch, you're Dutch, have you heard about these this ski bomb podcast? Well, how did you hear it? <laughs> well, I <laughs> snuck out. Hear it? I snuck out and listened to one of those evil streaming things. <laughs> the devil, the devil put it in me. The devil speaking through that box. It was, well, it was Room Springer, and we had the opportunity to use technology. I got I got an iPhone. You know, I found some quaaludes. Things got weird. <laughs> and now I can't go back. I can't just keep raising these barns. I, I, my, life, my life has changed. Perhaps we have changed the lives of young Amish men. I think. Podcast. Can you imagine if they made an exception just to have allow them to listen to our show every week? That would be amazing. That would be pretty. If you're Amish and you're listening to the show, you've heard it, write to us. We want to know. That's right. Are you Amish? We'll come out there to the farm. We'll do a podcast. That'd be great. We'll do a special version of the logo with an Amish beard and a hat. For you. Ah, we'll ride in the little horse and buggy and do the and do the uh, podcast. You hear the clicking as we go along. That that would be kind of fun, right? That would be cool. Like a live stream. I think we should make that happen. That's beautiful. They're all farm country. It's nice. Amish podcast. We're we'll going through like Cutstown, Pennsylvania. Boom! Glorious. Kicking it from Cutstown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so with that let's start off as we always do it's time for our pray today mario want to kick it off i want to kick it off today so um i decided i'm in the i know this has been out for a while but i'm in a liquor store today looking for just some new and inviting stuff i actually uh our buddy gary uh thanks gary for posting on instagram he posted um Hendrix just came out with a new, um, a new gin, and I love gin and I love Hendrix, and it is the 
Now, look, they came out with one before, but this one is the uh, Midsummer Solstice. Limited release. Uh, Stilled and bottled in in Scotland. And it's infused with floral essence. I think a little elderflower, maybe rose. Um, And I saw some recipes. You can mix it with like a little elderflower, shelter, you know, jazz it up, make like a nice little cocktail with it uh, for the summer. Um, so I kind of got me cocktail comes from because of last week's episode. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, that got me in the mood for something else that was interesting. So I'm in, in the liquor store looking for that, which of course they didn't have, uh, cause I went to the little liquor store right near me and, uh, but they had the kettle one botanical, uh, they had them out there and they had like, it was a Walgreens farm, uh, Walgreens liquor store. And because I guess they're part of a huge chain. They were in all this stuff on sale. So that's where I sent you the picture of like the two gigantic bottles, the handles of, was it Knob Creek? Knob Creek, yeah. They had a sale, two for $80. I'm like, that's actually a really good deal, but it's like Such a Floridian two handles. Deal. <laughs> two handles, like that's like a Costco size, like big buy. Like That's a lot of bourbon. That is a lot of bourbon, two handles. Um, that might get you into uh, 4th of July. <laughs> so I saw the, the botanicals and they were offering the botanicals with some fancy um, uh, tonic water. So I was like, all right, let me get that. So I got the peach and orange blossom one. And I tell you what, Brian, you said you had the cucumber one. I have the uh, the cucumber mint right here. I just nice. found it. Oh, that's good stuff. Some, some, I, I haven't tasted it. You said it's good, right? It's not bad. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, you know what? If you want to get vegetables in your system and you don't like eating vegetables, I recommend the Kettle One Botanical as a substitute. It's like, like a gre- a, it's like a green juice of alcohols, really. You actually, so for that one, you should just have meat because that's your uh, potato vodka. So you got your potato and your vegetables. <laughs> that's right. So you just have a steak with that one. It's a goddamn whole meal. Goddamn meal. What if you marinate the steak in it? Oh. Marinate your steak in the vodka. And just eat Cook it up. You're good to go. Why ruin the steak though? I don't know. Or make the steak amazing. You could. Yeah, it's like we were talking about putting bourbon on the pancakes. Right. Same idea. <laughs> Get some skirt vodka steak. On the, vodka on the steak. Vodka skirt steak. Oh, that would be good, actually. So this one's the peach and orange blossom. Um, I tell you what, I tried this just on the rocks, and it was delicious. I was like, almost too delicious. Now, I don't understand. So they say no carbs. Now, I know kettle one is potato vodka. But I guess there's no carbs in it, but you metabolize it into carbs. So that's the little catch. So there's no carbs in it, no sugar, and no artificial flavorings. Well, it says distilled from grain, kettle one. Oh, is it? I thought it was potato. This one was. Maybe their standard one isn't, but this one is. I thought their standard was potato. Hmm. I'm going to have to look that up now to the Google. Perhaps the potato famine. Ah, uh, that's what changed it their uh, ingredients. Goddamn potato famine. Potato and according to the, the label, they uh, someone's brother, whoever made this, him and his brother have poured their heart and souls into this botanical series. That was very nice of them to pour their heart and souls into this. Nice. No sugar or artificial souls. So you're drinking flavor. souls in that. Uh, yeah. It gives a spirit. And heart. So there's got to be some blood in here. Heart I think it'd be heart and soul. Damn, that's like voodoo shit right there. Some voodoo Lewis shit right there. Damn, keeping it real. <laughs> All 
All right, so they're saying it's made from wheat. 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 There's one that's potato. Yeah, the I don't potato know which one? one. There was was it Belvedere maybe? Maybe it's Belvedere. I'm thinking. Mr. Belvedere vodka. Was uh, yeah, it had to be something like a Jeeves Belvedere. Let's see what that's made out of. What potato? Oh, I thought I said what vodka is best for mashed potatoes. I, uh, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But then I typed in. I thought I typed in what vodka is. I typed in what potato is. Ah. Uh-huh. So I was like, geez, like I know I'll make bourbon mashed potatoes, but I never thought of making mashed vodka potatoes. But now again, that might be a great idea. Hmm. Mashed potato vodka. Yeah. Pot butter, mashed potatoes and vodka. That sounds good. Do you put milk in this? No, I put vodka. (laughs) Milk of the poppy. Damn. Mm. Now they're all made from some kind of grain. What happened to potatoes? Tito's isn't even made from potatoes. Really? Potato? Potatoes. Potatoes vodka? That would be pretty cool. Potatoes. They should have an offshoot. Potatoes. Yeah. What Lay's? Doesn't Lay's make vodka? Lay's vodka. <laughs> right? <laughs> Pringles? Awesome. <laughs> Pringles doesn't make vodka? Oh, you can make it in that same little chip can. Can't Keep the can. Oh, and they could they could short it and put chips on the bottom. So you open it up, unscrew yeah. the top, take out the bottom, you got chips. It's like a whole whole like uh entertainment kit. It's like a party in a <laughs> party in a can right there. Got a party in a can, man. So yeah, so this is delicious. I tell you what, it was great with uh great on the rocks and um I had never had it before. Um it was like Ch- it was Chopin is the top shelf potato vodka. Chopin. Chopin. Chopin, I think a composer. All right. And then the best mid-shelf potato vodka is Viking Fjord. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves the Viking. Viking blood? Oh, no, Viking Fjord. What the hell is that Viking blood? What was we that? We had that. We did, yeah. right? I got a bottle of that stupid stuff. We had it. It was horrible. After the Malort, the right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's pre-Malort. That was, was pre-Malort. Pre-Malort. So there was one I was looking at. I don't know if it was... And uh, no. Luxova, Luxosova. That's another potato vodka. Oh, we got a key to that coming back from Russia. Um, it's thirteen dollars a bottle. There's no. <laughs> you have to go to the. Uh, Is the, it a no break plastic bottle? Go around the corner from the Mad Dog section of the liquor store, and that's where the uh, Luxosova is. Nice. Yeah. Um. No, I was looking at um. So um, Hendrix, they made another one. It was called. Opon or something like that. And it was another limited release that they made and was with Wormwood. And that's what the Malort was made from, right? Oh, was it? So it says that they're not making it anymore. It was limited release. So I'm like, I'm wondering if they could have gone down the Malort road. Mm. Gotta look up reviews on it. Malort and Tonic. Yeah, so I'm having this uh, kettle one. I'm having it with a uh, LaCroix. I'm having it with a blackberry and cucumber LaCroix. Look at that. So it's like blackberry, cucumber, peach, and orange all mixing in, like getting nice in there. That's like a sophisticated hipster uh, cocktail you got there. And it's a skinny. I would call it a skinny cocktail, right? Mm. There's no big figure. Watching my figure. I like it. Of course, I've had probably a quarter of this bottle already. But you know what? No carbs, no sugar. 
quarter of the golden. fifth. So yeah, it's good. You're golden. No carbs, no sugar, just all the goodness. It's like a bluish bottle. Orbium, huh? Orbium. O-R-B-I-U-M. That's made with lotus blossom, worm, wormwood, and quinine. Kind of weird, right? Yeah. It sounds medicinal. Seriously. It's about the bottle though. How much? Fifty. Ouch. Spicy meatball there. Yeah. Well, the Midsummer Night's Gin is uh Midsummer Night's uh Solstice, that's fifty bucks too. Yeah. Well Not the, cheap. The gins are pretty pretty up there, yeah. And the midsummer solstice is uh it's like a purple bottle. Pretty cool with it. Okay. The other one's like a teal bottle. You probably get it by you. Like it's it's tough. You gotta you gotta really find a good there's a total wine and more by me. Um, that place can, rocks. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go there this weekend because they, they had a really great beer selection. Unfortunately I can't find that one that's great. I think I have to go to the brewery up in um Sarasota. north of me. That other West Coast IPA by um Escape Room Company. Oh, okay. Awesome. But huh. they have it on tap everywhere here, but they don't have it in uh, cans. Damn. So they have to make a trip for you. And ship them up. Yes, I'm going to ship them illegally. Beautiful. That's what I do. <laughs> All right, Brian, what do you got going? All right. So I last week, I started talking about my other half beers that I got. And most of them are IPAs, of course, because that's, you know, kind of what we like to drink. But luckily, when I went there, I went with a friend of mine from work, and he is a big, he's a just a beer guy, and he knows what's good. He knows to delve out of the comfort zone sometimes, and he made a wonderful recommendation. So we tried this beer at the brewery, and luckily they had it uh, for sale in cans. So I picked up a four-pack. Unfortunately, one of them, like, busted open in my backpack. Oh, and luckily I had my laptop in like a case and most of the stuff that got messed up was just like my gym clothes bag. So it was like dirty clothes and uh, like old band-aids, uh, a bunch nice. of other random crap in the gym bag that I should have thrown out anyway, but hadn't like old napkins, paper towels, whatever. Uh, so the one it opened in the bag, but luckily I noticed it soon enough and you know, I only lost probably about a quarter of the can. And we drank the rest of it, and it was really good. And I have one today. I have two left after this, but it is the other half Melon Bellini, which is a Berliner Weisse, an Imperial Berliner Weisse, which is a weird kind of beer. Because hmm. a Berliner Weisse is usually like a wheat beer, usually on the lighter side, you know, in the 5% range. And, you know, when you have it in Germany, they always put like the syrup in there to sweeten it up, make it a little more palatable. Oh, that's the syrup one, right? That's the <clears throat> syrup one. And they usually serve it in this like big goblety margarita glass looking thing. But this is none of those things. This is, it's, I guess it's a wheat beer because it's a Berliner Weisse, but it's made with tons of cantaloupe, cantaloupe and lime. Wow. So it's got a bit of a bitter, like, not a bad bitter taste, but it's got like a tangy taste to it. That's probably the more appropriate word. And it's too. really just kind of like pinky, orangey looking. Nice. Um, Serve that in a champagne glass. Yeah, it kind of, you know, it is melon Bellini. So it has kind of that light peachy Bellini-ish champagne feel taste. 
Again, tang, lots of tang, mm. but really smooth. It's not super bubbly, which I don't know if maybe, I don't think it went flat. It's only, I've only had it for two weeks and I just canned it like that day. So it's just really drinkable. And and it's, again, it's at 8%. So it's not light, but it drinks light. And, you know, if you're out in the sun and you have a couple of these and you stand up, you're definitely going to feel them. Nice. But it's just really, really tasty, almost like more of a cocktail than a beer, but really good. It sounds like a, a brunch beer. Put that beer in a nice uh, champagne glass and have your brunch with it and hang out. Yeah, if you had some like eggs and chorizo, this would be mm. great with that. With pancakes. Perfect. Yeah, pancakes would be too sweet, I think. I think that would it would make this taste more... It would, take, it would turn the tangy into bitter, I think, if you were eating something sweet with it. How about waffles with just almond butter on it? I think you're playing with fire with the almond butter. <laughs> But if you had waffles with bacon on it, mm. I think that could work. Waffles and get some smoky bacon, then have this. I think that would be a real nice what the flavor in the profile. Well, you, you see now they do the um, the uh, pancakes with the bacon wrapped wrapped in the bacon. Well, what about like you know when you have like the waffle iron? Yeah, and you kind of put it in half the side, then you close it up, and it becomes the whole waffle. Yes. What about putting the batter in there and before closing it, you put the pancakes in it. So the pancakes would kind of be like in the middle of the, the waffle. Middle. See, we got a waffle iron. So I'm thinking it's about waffle time because usually. Are you telling me it's, that it's ever not waffle time? It's ne- I will, it's I will always disagree with that. Time. It's always waffle time. It's not waffle time when we run out of waffles because we eat them so fast. <laughs> so. But I'm thinking about, like, I was like, well, we could put the little syrup in the waffle. That's what they do with the Waffle Hut, why it smells so good on, on the mountain. Oh, You put the yeah, syrup yeah. on it, and then you, you close it up, and it's, like, baked into the waffle. So I'm thinking I got to do some of it's those. It's like a McGriddle. It's like a McGriddle. And then do a um, do some, like, bacon in there, and then have some of these melon bellinis. That'd be good. I've just become, like, such that douche guy now. I was like, oh, maybe you can make some almond flour <laughs> waffles. Actually, that's not bad. Dude, I freaking like, I don't even like white flour stuff anymore. I've just become like, we we have so many good other flours, like almond flour and coconut flour and stuff that you use that and you just like, we'll use them. Like we make these oat pancakes. So you use oatmeal and pretty much turn into oat flour in the blender. And they're unbelievable. Like you just, that's like the main ingredient. And you have like, you put like nuts in there and, Vanilla and an egg and that blueberries. Almond flour is good, man. Almond flour is awesome. Yeah. I just I get ground the, up um, almonds. And they're, so it's actually good for you. I get the Kodiak cakes. We make those. How are those? They're actually really good. Um, what um, Melanie's been doing Is it made now, with real Kodiak? Yes. Real bears are in it. So you're eating like it's real nice. Nice. It's um, like my elk flour a few weeks ago. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so you, you chuck it. It's got like super protein. It's like, you know, extra protein. But... um. Melly cuts it half with regular and then half with the, the Kodiak thing just to kind of – we're feeding it to a 12-year-old who wouldn't eat it if it was good for him. Eh. So uh, he actually doesn't notice it. He's like, yeah, these are good. So nice. You got to sneak it in there without telling them. If you tell, yeah. somebody, if you tell a kid it's like it's different, they're not going to eat it. So Yeah, I know like a certain someone who's like they hate anything healthy for some reason. They're like trying yeah. to like fight the, fight the power somehow. And like they'll eat like the crusties, like like pancakes. You know, when you nice. just add water to it. 
eat like five of those. And he's like, you know, screw you and your stupid healthy pancakes. It's like, dude. Yeah. We, 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 Why we go to the doctor and find out you got diabetes. That's all right. You already got it. Yeah, there you go. He's, he's just dumbing his nose. Like, they got me on medicine. All right, when you start taking shots, then it's... Like, I'm already 67. He's like, I shouldn't have lived this long anyway. Like, I'm going to eat what I want. Smoking while he's eating a pound of bacon, right? Cigars and bourbon, man. There you go. Cigars and bourbon. You take this first story? Yeah, so while we're here... So while we're here talking about drinking, and not a little opera, the future of tequila depends on sex. So there's an article in the Daily Beast, um, and they're talking about... Hasn't the past of tequila depended on sex, too? Yeah, that's like true. Sex. But what they're actually talking about is um, the need to be a little more biodiverse when they're growing agave, which is what tequila is made from. So they say the same thing happened in 1862 uh, in the in the French region um, of the Rhone Valley, that the vines started dying because they started getting um, infected by an aphid, which is a little, little worm that uh, attacked the vine roots. So what happened is it, it killed out a whole generation of plants, and it took them a while to come back from that, where they had to you know, regenerate the plants, and they had to start actually cross, crossing them with other plants and letting them actually kind of naturally become a little more biodiverse. It's the same thing that they talk about with the Monsanto and the, uh, the one strain of wheat and, and corn or whatever they're, that they're putting out there is when everything is basically a clone of itself, you get one disease that affects that one strain and it knocks out the entire crop instead of just a little bit. So uh, they're saying that um, agave is facing that now and they're facing um, some plagues and diseases that are coming and attacking the plants and they're saying they need a little bit more um genetic diversity in the blue agave plant so that it could be a little bit more naturally resistant now the fucked up part is uh, advice did a thing i think it was last season or the season before where they were talking about there's an actual uh um, disease that's coming and killing banana plants and that happened back in like the early 1900s where they had no bananas and think about like that coming out of our, out out of our, you know, food source for the world. It's pretty, pretty fucked up. So they're, they're actually talking about that as a problem. So these problems are coming about by people just looking for ways to mass produce plants. So um, they're saying, Hey, you know, instead of asexually sending out the shoots and cloning the mother plant, they're saying, if the plants get to sexual maturity and then they have a little, you know, they get some bees in there, they put a little Barry White, they get the little shit mixing in there, it would help the uh, genetic base get diverse and uh, be a little bit more resistant. So it's getting very close. Yeah, there's, there's one part of the article where it talks about how the problem arises because agave growers never want to see the stalk the agave essentially produces and saves up sugars over six or eight years. Then it goes on a massive sugar binge, consuming most of its own sugar to produce the stalk. Since sugar is essential for making ethanol, once an agave sprouts, it becomes useless for making tequila. In short, agave growers hate sex. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, isn't that crazy? So they're growing these and they're harvesting them before they mature because I guess that's better for them. And they're doing it in mass, though. They're talking about, you know, the, the, they're saying about a, 
they're talking about this one greenhouse. They're saying it has 6,000 plants, but with enough space to accommodate 200,000 seedlings eventually. So it's just crazy. Like the numbers that they're talking about, this is like one grower. So think about how much is produced. Like, I don't know how much they get. I don't know how much agave goes into a bottle of tequila, but I got to imagine it's a lot of agave because you're boiling it down, you know? There's a picture that dude with all the, uh, I guess it looks like agave. What would you even call that? Is that like a flower or a plant or? It's like the plant, right? They cut off. It looks like, like a prickly part. Watermelon, so like a watermelon and a pine cone combined. Yeah, that's trimmed out. I actually saw they were talking about it and they have the, the long thorns that come out, you know, the, the big, and those like, they'll stick you. And the, the people go out there and they cut it down to like the bulb. And it's pretty wild. It's like, that's all they eat. And I don't know what the other, you know, that's all they use. I don't know what they do with the other part. But it's pretty crazy. It's like a, it's like a huge part of the plant grows and then they take the, just the inside part. An artichoke. Weird. Well, I guess we really should be stocking up on tequila now. Yeah. Got to do, uh, you got to do the futures. Yeah. Play around the futures. Go, you short the futures, right? Or do you, do you short the futures? You the future because uh, they're going to be worth more in the future than they are now. That's right. The price is going to go way up, right? Plant leverage. Let's see, how many agave plants are used in a bottle to make a liter of tequila? They're saying one agave plant makes from two to five liters of tequila, depending on the size of the plant and the proof of the liquor. All right. So that's not too bad. And that's if you're using pure agave to make it, because a lot of brands will do half agave and half something else, right? I think the higher end. Pretty much all the decent ones are 100% agave. Yeah. I think if it's like a premium brand, it's all agave usually. If you're drinking like Montezuma's Revenge tequila or Cuervo or any of that crap, then you... Comes in a plastic bottle. Well, Cuervo is... uh, That's that's not pure agave, right? No, it's crap. Then they have like the Cuervo, like a Especial or whatever. That's the 100% agave. And that's the good one, right? So it's a... And I think they label it premium or like there's a labeling thing on it. Yeah. It's got a whole different thing on there. Yeah. So yeah, something to think about. Might want to buy a lot of really good tequila now and hold on to it. I found the one that I wanted, the one that I really liked that I've talked about in the podcast before the uh, extra Anejo Herradura. And I have, I got one bottle a couple years ago and it had to be ordered online because they didn't sell it anywhere near. And I finally found a place in Connecticut that has it. Wasn't there one that was like an ultimate something or was that vodka? No, that's the one that Ultra Anejo. Oh, the Ultra Anejo. Only 60 bucks a bottle and it's so freaking good. It's corner of the market on uh, uh, it's Classe Azul. Blue one. Oh, that one's awesome too, yeah. It's corner of the market. I just keep buying cases. Just keep and buying cases. it up, yeah. That only gets better with age. Buy and hold. Buy and hold. So we got one other story here in the good old app parade today. And it's from the folks at Pace Magazine. And they just put out an article last week called Seven IPAs You Need to Drink Right Now. Ooh, that sounds like an order. Like you have to go out right now. Right now. Don't waste time. So first one, Red Hook, Big Ballard Imperial IPA. Huh. It's for a buddy, Nick, because they're based out of Seattle. It's supposed to be really good. I'm not going to read this whole thing because nobody wants to hear me 
yammering about this. So we'll have the link in the show notes if you want to. I want to hear about the finish and the hoppiness and the beats. Yeah. Sounds wonderful. Stone Brewing, Fear Movie Lions. It's a great name for a beer. It's New England style IPA. Another beer from Stone, Revengeful IPA, which is an Imperial IPA. And they said it smells and pours like an orange Julius with pineapple and mandarin. Ooh. Got one from the good folks at Creature Comforts called Cosmic Debris. I'm not sure where they're based out of, but this is a double IPA with a, as they say in the article, a shitload of hops. Simcoe, Idaho 7, Mosaic, Cascade, and Chinook. Next, we got the Carl Strauss Regreen IPA. Uh, their beer, it supports environmental initiatives, and this one is going to help plant trees in San Diego's Balboa Park. Isn't that oh, wow. I looked up Creature Comforts. They're out of uh, uh, Georgia. Yeehaw. So you, you might be able to get your hands on that one then. Oh, I'm going to take this article, send it to myself, and when I go to Total One and more, I'm going to look. There you go. Boom. Next up, New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Jucifer. They're always cranking out new Voodoo Rangers at New Belgium. And all of them are pretty tasty. Never had a bad one. But this is Jucifer. They got a bunch of different hops in there. And uh, they say it's actually a little malt forward, which is Hmm. unique for an IPA. That sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds yummy. Next up, another... Colorado beer and actually number seven on the list. Oscar Blues Steep Coast Strata Double IPA. Ooh. I like that. They say it's not East Coast, it's not West Coast, it's Steep Coast. A mountain IPA. Steep Coast. I like that. Hmm. They use five and a half pounds of strata hops per barrel for this beer. Uh, it's more like a creamsicle. Thanks to those hints of vanilla, caramel, and there are notes of cannabis. Mm. This beer sounds very good. I will tell you. Of all the beers in this list, I think that's the one I'm going to see if I can get my hands on. Oscar Blues, Steep Coast, Strata Double IPA. Wow. So right around 420, I think we talked about that, that Sweetwater 420. Yeah. Holy crap, man. It was, uh, was that a different 420 that they brewed this year? It's like Did a standard, it? isn't it? Pretty much. The, the 420 strain, mango kush. They have an extra pale 420 strain G13. So they had a few 420s out this year. I wonder which one it was, because I'll tell you what, every time they poured it in the bars, I was like, holy crap, it smells like weed in here. <laughs> it was wild. <clears throat> Speaking of weed. Speaking of weed. Let's get into the Genjula. So, Mario, do you want to grab the first story here? We have no uh, bean this week again. Yeah, bean is, uh, we're beanless this week. Bean free. Uh, bean free. We're, we're off beans right now. Um, yeah. So there's an article. Uh, number one reason adults are interested in legalized cannabis, and it's not to get high. So 
one in three U.S. adults age 21 and up is, is interested in use a lot, using legalized cannabis. But uh, at, through a recent su- survey, they're saying most aren't looking to get high. Uh, and this is from Nielsen, so they're pretty reputable. Uh, that's kind of what they do for a living. Um, they're saying they broke it down. They said uh, treatment of chronic pain was 85%, mental health improvement, 82%. Treatment of minor injury, 81%, sleep aid, 77%, and relaxation, 74%. So they're saying, you know, uh, other things like in the 60s and 50s, they said, you know, um, non pain medical condition, disease or ailment prevention, improvement of physical health, um, having a good time with friends and family. 48% only, and then enhancement of spirituality rounded out the bottom of the list with 28%. So, more than 10 people who have headache or migraine pain said, uh, you know, that was 40%. Uh, arthritic pain, 40%. Back and neck pain, 41%. So, a lot of people are citing it as, look, look man, I just want to use it just for some of the pain and relaxation and sleep benefits and i think that's kind of it's all my marks yeah i and we've talked about it at nauseum about how how frustrating and ignorant and short-sighted it is that politicians want to keep this illegal just because it had some bad press and manipulated information put out to the public decades and decades and decades ago and now to reverse all that to un to make people relearn things and especially people who are older in, in their years and in power and used to something being the way it is and making money off things the way it currently is. It's yeah. just, it's just going to take time because again, why are we stopping people from consuming a plant yet? We can go to a factory and make fucking fentanyl and that's legal to sell. Yeah, like, it's just—it's such bullshit. All this, all this, everything they say about trying to protect the children and the people and everything—it's all fucking nonsense. It's yeah. all bullshit. So this article also talks about there was a recent Gallup poll that actually went back and said in 1990, just 16 percent were in favor of widespread legalization of marijuana. They said 2000, it went up. To thirty-one percent. Oh, I'm sorry. Sixteen percent um, in nineteen ninety. Sixteen percent in nineteen ninety. Thirty-one percent in two thousand. Now um, it's sixty-five. And now it's sixty-five. Yeah, sixty-two or sixty-five. Isn't that crazy? Well, you know what? I, I when I was in two thousand, I was a, a young man. I would not have wanted legalized. I didn't know any better. I was, you know, kind of a prick back then. Didn't again had no information and only you know. When people I knew who smoked pot were like Grateful Dead fans. And I'll be honest, I was not a fan of the music. If you so took just, this podcast and let yourself back then listen to it, you'd be like, no fucking way. That's I would not be me. like, who is that person? <laughs> what happened to me? If, if you, I listened to it and, I, and they said that back then, they were like, that's going to be Brian a few years ago. No fucking way. I used to be such a nice boy. <laughs> like the guy doesn't mean drink. Yeah. Well, Brian got a little bit of fucking brain damage and, yeah. uh, Started having a little fun in life. That's right. What kind of girlfriend? You got a little, <laughs> got some money in your pocket. That was it. 
ate a friggin' tray of pop brownies and everything changed. Everything changed. Is that? you, that's, that's the beauty of life. You know, it's why I wake up every single day and you, uh, you, you look for opportunities when they present them to you and you have to seize them when they present themselves because they will go away quickly. And that's right. You gotta, you can't be such a dick that you don't ever put out the realm of possibility that your mind will never change. You know, we see it in politics all the time. We see people say shit that we're like, you're going to regret saying that in a year or 10 years from now, or you regret it saying the shit that you did in college. You know what I mean? Like, just think about like 20 year old you, like your 20 year old self versus yourself now. Right. I mean, how different your thoughts are on so many things. Exactly. You know, and it's based on yourself and your family and the things around you. And there's a lot of situational stuff and things going on in the world. So, you know, don't, if there's any advice to give to people is don't demonize people and don't be such a dick. Just kind of understand people have different opinions and, um, and people change and grow and evolve, you know, like if you know someone who's the exact same, they were, are those words, right? If they had the exact yeah, same, that sounded weird though. If you know, like you know, like you know, your friends who like never left that college mentality, you know, yeah. who, like, still, still home. Like, they're still well, they're still like they're still making the same jokes. They're still quoting the same movies. It's yeah. like, dude, haven't you like kind of evolved your thoughts and moved on and and gotten to a different place? Like twenty years later, are you really still that same like frat guy? Like you, yeah. you some people are just stuck in that way of thinking and i'll be honest you go out of your way in today's day and age to stay that way it's crazy if you think about it oh yeah i think i think you're almost you know and again you could go down a rabbit hole too and be like all oh, the media is manipulating us and making us turn into these you know choosing sides you know left or right and you know to a degree that is true and it's easy to you know it's almost like it's almost like there's two rivers and it's really easy to get stuck in one of those rivers, but there's still plenty of room between them to kind of figure out your own way to go. Right. And work, work shit out between the two sides. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I tell you, so they're actually, they talk about, and it's funny, like, I was, I don't know, I had a Bloomberg or CNBC on the other day and they had the ticker and I was doing something else and I had the volume down and I just had, you know, the, the closed caption going and they had breaking news and it was they dropped somebody from the S&P and they added another thing. And when I was watching, I thought I was like, when is the day that they're going to add a weed company to the S&P? That would be pretty freaking uh, awesome, right? It's only a matter of time. Either that or it's going to be a company that buys a big weed company. You know, like one of the big. Right. One of the big ones is going to be on the, you know, like they're talking about like Altria. Like they have a big, a big, um, 35% ownership of, is it Aurora? One of the big weed companies. But yeah, that's actually... What, um, Canopy. Canopy was... Um, was one of the big... Liquid one of the Constellation? Companies. Constellation brands. Yeah. Which is what, Corona and... It's a company? lot of stuff. They, they bought a bunch of stuff up. Didn't they buy Ballast Point, those sellout bitches? <laughs> Fucking Ballast Point. Let's see constellation and this is the funniest thing like every time i start talking to somebody about beer i'm like you gotta look it up online because there's so many freaking people so remember we're talking about space dust and how it's like i'm like it's amazing that it's down here they got bought by a house of bush yeah freaking elysian yep that's why they're around all the time I'm like it's a great beer but it's funny it used to only be what seattle right 
Yeah, they are from Seattle. And, you know, of course, they say they're still running their own company, which it's so big of a company that they probably still are running it to some degree. You know, they're, they're doing their thing. But uh, it's funny, like, you don't know the ownership. It's it's just nuts. Constellation, man. Yeah, Bullshit, Ballast Point, Corona, Modella. And a lot of stuff. Yeah. Victoria, oh, Pacifico. Huh? All those beers. Isn't which is uh Pacifico is the brand of the US Heat team, right? I believe it is, yeah. Yeah. So they got a funky Buddha they own, which is a big Tampa brewing company. Funky Buddha they own, yeah. Wow, look at that. So but they've really got it's all like it's all like Mexican beers. And then and like Ballast Point and Funky Buddha. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Fucking Ballast Point. Funky Buddha's good beer, man. I had to send you some of those. You've had a few. I think I brought some. But yeah, it's amazing. Like they just, uh, just never know. Just never know. But yeah, when when is the point where they're gonna put a weed company on the map? There. I hope it's Organogram. Yeah. Full Was disclosure. Already, yeah. For them, they're already tracking some of the big ones like Canopy and Aurora. They always mention them. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know they're definitely getting bought up by somebody though. Once yeah. once it gets federally legalized, now they're all just like, you know what? We're not going to bother. It's too much. Going to get bought out by a little podcast known with the sticker symbol HFSB. <laughs> Boom, motherfuckers! <laughs> Hot flute ski bombs. It's out. We're going to ring. We're ringing that bell. We're ringing the bell. <laughs> the barbarians at the gate. That's right. <laughs> the real barbarians. <laughs> what was that about Disney, right? The Disney hostile takeover? I gotta read that book. This would be pretty good. But yeah, that's us. Taking over weed one step at a time. That'd be great if the weed companies started buying up pharma companies. Start buying podcasts. Weed companies start buying podcasts up. That's right, because they got the idea from us. They're like, we need these guys. They're the think tank for us. That's right. Like canopy growth, you find out buying like who is it? It's not buying like Pfizer or Pfizer's owned by somebody else. I don't even know. That's been a big conglomeration too. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, we got one other story here in the gondola. And now I was reading this article and I'm still trying to process it. I don't quite understand it, but we still figure we'd talk about it, bring it up. Maybe we can work this out. This is from Real Money and the article title is the USDA legalized THC, but no one noticed. Damn it. We noticed it slipped under the radar on Thursday, but the United States Department of Agriculture just descheduled tetrahydrocannabinol, which is THC. Yeah. The USDA issued a bulletin on May 28th as a legal opinion for hemp production. It basically authorizes interstate delivery of hemp and legalized THC derived from hemp. So until December of 2018, hemp was considered illegal like cannabis, but the 2018 Farm Bill legalized it. However, it couldn't cross state lines. So farmers in states where all forms of marijuana were illegal could grow hemp, but then had few options to sell their crops. Farmers such as the ones in Kentucky who had pushed Senator Mitch McConnell to get the Farm Bill signed in the first place. So now they can sell those crops to producers in other states or at least extract the hemp oil and sell that derivative product. THC, son. 
Yeah. Right. So yeah, THC is the part of the cannabis plant that produces a psychoactive response in the brain or the feeling of getting high. The bulletin was in response to the 2018 Farm Bill and it read by amending the definition of marijuana to exclude hemp as defined in AMA 97A, Congress has removed hemp from Schedule 1 and removed it entirely from the Controlled Substances Act. In other words, hemp is no longer a controlled substance. Also, by amending Schedule 1 to exclude THC in hemp, Congress has likewise removed THC in hemp from the CSA. Oh. Yeah, but they said it was the argument of 0.3% THC, right? Yeah. But it's kind of one of those things that you've kind of, you really have opened the door now. Good. Where it should be, it's, it's practically legal at this point. So now you're just talking about it's legal. You're just arguing about an amount now. Yeah. A concentration versus making it. So it really should be off the schedule because you've legalized it. Just you've legalized it in a very small amount. Yeah. It's, it's all just so stupid. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of resources to keep this illegal. They say now, so, so stupid New Jersey was supposed to legalize it this year. There's a bunch of little dick swinging that's that's keeping it from being legalized. But now our state has actually gone up in the number of arrests for cannabis really? possession. Really? Yeah. It's it's just so. Yeah, but they do it just to slap the fines because it's it's decriminalized and it's fine. So instead of because they you know I know Jersey New York they like to do it because it funds a lot of the. Um, you know, a lot of the the whole system funds their their the pension or the pension or whatever. So they write up a bunch of tickets. So hey, you know, while I'm writing a a traffic ticket, I might as well write a uh, cannabis ticket. You know, yeah. there's no charge for it, but it you know, no felony charge. But it's pay a fine. Such a fucking racket is all it is. It is such nonsense. But. What are we going to do? We, we, for some reason, keep living in these, these states with these ridiculous laws and politicians. But So could the president just come out and say marijuana is... Totally legal. Legal, federal. Totally amazing, yes. Or would he not have the ability to do that? It has to go through like a law and a bill and the whole Congress and everything. I can do what I want. I want to legalize Trump, Trump Kush. Most amazing weed. Got to petition the president. Trump Kush. Yeah. Don't you want this? Mm-hmm. Start making t-shirts. Trump wants to legalize. Just say Trump wants to do it. And then we'll be like, oh, yeah. He'll, he'll remember like, yeah, I did want to do that. It's bigly. Just trick him into it. Jedi mind trick him into, into making it legal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crazy. Well. Crazy stuff. So we'll see where that goes, but it is cool seeing. And one kind of offshoot minor, you know, we didn't have a formal story, but one thing that also came up is that Illinois has officially legalized it, being the 11th state now. To yeah, that was a big deal this week, right? Very big deal. Yeah, it kind of, that really came out of nowhere, but they, uh, people were surprised how fast it went down. Yeah. Because, you know, there's been so much talk about stupid New Jersey and stupid New York legalizing it. And they're just, again, Political infighting. Well, in Jersey, too, the way they did it was, hey, let's drag it through the mud and then get it to a vote, thinking it's going to go through, and then pull it the last second. Yeah, it's not going to go through. It's just a whole bunch of 
kicking around positioning. And yeah. You know, I just said, no, yeah. And what are you going to do? What is Illinois? The show me state? That's Missouri. Missouri. Illinois is the land of Lincoln. Isn't that what their license plate says? And Lincoln liked to smoke some weed. It's the same. That was Abe Lincoln. Uh, you know what he had under that hat? He had a underneath there. Everybody knows that. <laughs> he had a big bong on this. Actually, he used to take the hat off. He smoked the hat. Had some sticky icky underneath there. <laughs> sticky icky. Man, I sat around. Lincoln and I, we just smoked the hat. <laughs> why, do you think he, why do you think he wanted to uh to fight to abolish slavery he's like man he's like he's like it's like fucking slavery's bullshit man like bullshit man right that's right all right that, that ain't right yeah. and you know you know what a lot of slaves are doing is they were they were farming hemp they're hard farming marijuana yeah they did back then mm-hmm. i think it's a conspiracy i think the civil war is fought over weed what do you think? Possibly. Yeah. And slavery. But we too. <laughs> <laughs> we and slavery. Let's go to ski news. Uh, indeed we are. And there's still ski news to be had everywhere always. we look. There's always ski news to be had. Always. All right, you want to start her off? All right, first up, this was a, a strange and sad, but luckily could have been a lot worse story. Fire rips through operations building at Mount Snow Ski Resort in Vermont. Firefighters um, say it's too early to know the cause of the blaze that ripped through the operations building at Mount Snow Ski Resort in Vermont. Although it looks like uh, the Tuesday afternoon fire started in the carpentry shop. Thankfully, nobody was in the building when the fire started, which burned down to the burned down the carpentry shop. Shop, snowmaking controls, electrical plumbing, and offices. Wow. And they issued a statement saying we want to thank the local file fire crews for their quick responses to the Mount Snow Mountain Operations Building Fire. Fire occurred at the Mountain Operations Building. Local and regional fire departments responded quickly with many members of our own Mount Snow and Peak Resort staff. Luckily, the fire occurred after normal business hours and no one was injured in the blaze, which consumed the south end of the building. Um, pretty well. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty messed up. So, you know, again, who knows what could have been like a, a wire short or some equipment was left on. But yeah, luckily no one got hurt. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's good they got to rush to build it back up for the season, though. I guess, yeah. Good. At this time now, they got to do the cleanup, and they got to do, uh, and they got to start clearing out and rebuilding. Hey, better it happen then than, you know, in October. You know, conveniently, I'm just saying, if they wanted to build new facilities, this would have worked out very well for them. <laughs> yeah, perhaps if they wanted to, yeah. Just, just saying. Uh, if you're a conspiracist, you think there's something to it, I'm just saying. But It is quite possible, right? All right, next up, Killington. IDS Skate Nude World Cup is announced. So the IDF World Cup Tour is coming back to Killington. So I guess they were there before. I didn't even know it. But they're going to do the, um, it's a, a skate luge, right? What's IDF stand for? International Downhill. Federation, perhaps? Federation. So skate and luge. So um, they say it's one of the most exciting races of the year. 
uh, a track is one of the fastest courses in the world and people reach speeds up to 70 miles an hour on skate and 83 miles, uh, 83 miles an hour on luge. So I guess there's the skate where they go downhill on skateboards and then the luge of the skate luges that, that you've seen probably somewhere on the internet or on TV. Cause it is pretty amazing to watch those dudes do the luge down. Uh, I think some actual luge people do them for, for practice. So I imagine maybe some uh, Olympic hopefuls or Olympians will be racing downhill on those uh, skate luges. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The skate one is, it's like a skateboard, like one of those long skateboards yeah. where they Dude's uh, just on a skateboard. I see a picture of it. Yeah. And there's just like a thin suit with a, <laughs> with a, a speed helmet and that's it. There's really no protection. I think they're leather, actually, those outfits, though. Yeah, but it's just a skateboard. It's not like... <laughs> oh, yeah. No, for sure. But no, I think the the outfits they wear are like, the, like motorcycle leather. Yeah, I'm sure they got like pads or whatever. But uh, it's funny. It's like you think that they're going to be on like strapped into... No, they're, they're floating on top of that. They're free riding on that board, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, it's crazy. That's wild. And another piece of Killington news besides that they just announced that FIS, the World, Women's World Cup, is going to return to Killington for two more years. Wow, nice. Yeah, they got 2019 and 2020. The same great event. They get great visibility. Yeah, it's really big for them. I mean, it's, it seems like each year it gets better and better. But, you know, I, again, the big, the big question mark is the weather. Because... Yeah. You know, it's a real crapshoot end of November in Vermont. I mean, it could be like the last three years, they've really lucked out, had great weather, great snow. But it, there's times where it can get to like freaking. I mean, it was, I wore a Hawaiian shirt on Christmas two years ago, three years ago, man. You know, that can happen again. Yeah. It can happen again, but uh, I hope it doesn't. I hope it never happens again. I hope I never have to wear a Hawaiian shirt on Christmas ever again. But, yeah, it's good to see it's up there. It's, you know, they're getting, what's cool too is they're getting better at the event, you know, because that first year was kind of, they had no idea how many people were going to show up. They didn't have enough food. They didn't have enough, you know, lodging and busing. But every year they're getting better at it and it's becoming a more of a fun event. So I'm hoping to get up there one of these next two years to check it out because it, it's really good to see they get the crowds out there and everything too. Cause um, that was massive. Yeah. It's uh, it's impressive the numbers are getting for that event. You know, I mean, the good part is they're getting this massive number, uh, which is like record attendance in America, and it's in in the Northeast, like near New York and Boston, which is two big cities in the U.S. So it's nice to see, and it's also nice to see Michaela Schiffer kicking ass when she does it. Hell's yeah! Because uh, I gotta say, I don't know why we don't celebrate Michaela even more because she's pretty phenomenal on a world scale. Um, hopefully in this country, she gets a little more well-known than she is. Yeah. And people, people put her up there with LeBron and Michael Jordan and, you know, all the other athletes that she should be compared to. (laughs) We agree. But she's in a Barilla commercial with, uh, Federer. They're running that all the time now. Oh yeah. (laughs) Where where, uh, Federer goes in and makes a pasta at the end. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Nice. All right, next up, what do we got? Parashirt is opening early. So Parashirt in 
Aussie land is uh, Australia is opening early. They have over six. They actually opened. I saw the the more recent uh, on their site. So they they did open and um, last week. So they had an early early snow of over sixty centimeters in three days. Which what sixty centimeters in English talk? Sixty centimeters. That's uh, or two feet, three inches. About two feet, yeah. Yeah, about two feet. So, uh, yeah, so they're opening early, which is kind of cool to see. So they're having an early season in Australia. And uh, who knows, we'll probably hear soon about New Zealand and keep an eye on South America. So, Yeah, so they're starting off early. And in a few places in the U.S., the seasons are running late two in particular um out in utah brighton and solitude they've had to increase their uh they actually had to delay their summer operations because of how well and how much snow they've had so they're pushing out their their uh, summer activities to june 21st because wow. they have so much snow and things are, are looking so good out there. So they're staying open. Um, a few places out in Colorado are going to grab a couple extra days and stay, stay open a little bit longer. Squaw Valley still got plenty of snow. Mammoth is staying open into August, daily into August. Damn, they're not going to stop. They're going to snow. That's, that's like a... Modern day uh, glacier, year round snow. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Um, Killington finally had to close this week. It was starting to get warm, and they ran out of snow. So it's been uh, it's been quite an amazing season. So it's great to see Australia getting started early. It's awesome seeing all these places in the North America staying open late. So I wonder was Killington one of the um, resorts in the U.S that was going to be covering the snow to try to keep it like they were doing in Europe. Remember that we covered that last year? Or like glaciery. Yeah, yeah, but they were talking about doing it just in general to preserve that snow for a little bit longer. I don't know if they ever ever talked about that there, though. Huh. It'd be cool to see who's doing it still. All right, getting back to uh, skateboarding, since we had a, another skateboarding story uh, with skiing. Um, I think the reason I included in here is because our buddy Cameron, I always think about him, like, what's he up to, man? Check his Instagram, see what he's doing. He's just hanging out. Is he crushing it? Crushing it, man. Crushing life. Um, so, Cameron, if you're listening to this, we love you, man. We're still watching, waiting for you to, to come out big on your uh, a little bit more skating. Um, and I tell you, the sport is getting a lot more notoriety. I see more articles about it, but, um, so this guy, um, is going to go to a a competition in, in Spain for skateboarding. Um, and Ryan Farmer is, uh, is going to compete. And what it is, is there's 14 countries, um, that competed in the 2017 Street Luge World Championship, and he um, 
he competed in that. And he said it was pretty grueling, but um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I think they're talking about Olympics, but is this in the Olympics? Like skating or are they talking about just luge? I think just regular luge, right? I don't think they have this in the Olympics yet. Yeah, so he's going to be competing in representing the U.S. in downhill skating, but he's trying to compete for the Olympics. He said it might be a little bit late for 2020, which is winter, right? So I guess he's thinking about winter luge. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you, if you can do this on the skateboard, it's. I mean, I don't think it's easier, but it's got to be, you know, very similar if you're doing it in the, uh, the ice. transferable, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so they say sometimes they reach speed between 40 to 50 miles per hour, sometimes even more. So uh, pretty interesting. So good luck to him. They He's said going he had 83 miles an hour on the skateboard. Damn. Oof. And it's I crazy because you're, I mean, you're not buckled in or anything. Like you, at least you're on a snowboard, you're buckled in, or skis, you're buckled in. I mean, it's an extra variable if your your foot can just slip off. So when I was little, so when I was little, I used to ride a skateboard around once in a while, just kind of tool around. Nothing big, nothing fancy. It was like one of those old banana ones. Like wasn't like a modern day, you know, deck like they have today. Um, and I just I. I tell you what, like three or four weeks ago, we we're um, I was moving, uh, helping someone move, and uh, my sister was getting rid of an old skateboard, and it was like a modern skateboard. Got on it, almost broke my ass. I, like, <laughs> I couldn't even barely stand that. And then I started, you know, screwing around with it. I was like, "Oh, this is cool. I'm getting the hang of it." I'm like, but I still like it's just too much, like, like to to wreck myself falling right now. Um, you see like adults using skateboards <laughs> it's great but it's tough man it is tough and then i had a um you know those razor scooters oh yeah so Bodie was living with me he had uh he had two of them so i'm like we're going out for ice cream I'm like hey let's ride the scooters so i'm on a razor scooter he's on a razor scooter and we're whipping down and at first i was a little okay i'm gonna break my my face on this thing but i tell you what i was whipping around on that thing it was cool but it was time. I was like, yeah, this is like a lot of work. I could you just walk. Now. I know. I was like, I could just walk and be there in about the same amount of time. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. These guys doing this stuff. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I want to see Brian out there going for crash dice. Oh, so awesome. Downhill. The windows now, man. You need that senior circuit, baby. <laughs> senior circuit of crash dice. <laughs> All right, I got one more story left. And, you know, we've talked about Matt Everest a lot. You know, our boy, Corey, he, um, they turned around last week. He's back home in Colorado safe, which is great. Um, and, you know, we talked about the traffic jams last week. And now they say they have taken off 24,000 pounds of trash and four corpses from Mount Jeez. Everest. 24,000 pounds of trash. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, food wrappers, human excrement, camping gear, empty oxygen containers accounted for much of the high-altitude litter, which was flown to Kathmandu via Army helicopter. One corpse is believed to be that of a Russian mountaineer, while another was thought to be that of a Nepalese climber. The other bodies have yet to be identified, and Nepalese authorities on Thursday urged the tragic climber's families to step forward and claim them. See. 
Yeah, that's that's great that they recovered the bodies. Um, I know it's a whole thing with Thailand too, because it's like, or uh, the uh, in Nepal, it's one of those spiritual things. Like they they have like some superstitions culturally, right? Like about removing the bodies and stuff. Yeah, there's that, and then just getting to them is yeah is is really tricky. So what kind of pisses me off more about this is they're showing the trash, the amount of trash, and then they're showing like what the trash looks like. There's bottles. There's like it's like really people. You're out in fucking nature. You're supposed to be hiking, you know. And there's all this garbage out there, like cans of soda, and looks like a fucking party happened there, you know. Yeah, people are gross, and they say that um, pretty the average person is going to create seventeen pounds of garbage. Now, see, duty, I could understand. Duty's going to happen, right? But what I didn't realize till just reading this, too, is I never realized everything's so cold up there, it freezes, and the duty just stays. So the poop goes nowhere. Which is pretty weird. Is it someone or something? Yeah. It's back into nature. It started in nature, it went back to nature. Yeah, but if it's, if it's preserved up there, it's just staying there. It's poop that's going to be there for, like... Petrified poop? That's like 50 year old poop hanging out by more not breaking down, man. Yeah. So if you don't clean it up, you're just going to have like a mountain of poop. (laughs) (laughs) It's taller than Everest. It was funny when I, when I read this before I said to you, I was like, remember we had that article last week, you know, there was the whole thing in the, in all the media where there was those lines of people waiting to go up Everest. I'm like, couldn't those assholes grab a few pieces of garbage and take it down with them? Yeah. You know, I mean, you're you're just standing there waiting. Just look around. I'm sure help each other out. Yeah, I'm sure they're all like, uh, you know, trying to support all sorts of green initiatives and drive hybrids. But yet, when they're actually can do something in their daily, you know, their life, they'll yeah, too much work for them. Dumping their stupid Mountain Dew cans and their and their freaking uh, granola wrappers on all over the place. The kickstart Mountain Dew. (laughs) That's right. They said that Nepal issued 381 permits this year. To summit Everest, eleven thousand bucks a pop. Hmm. That's almost half a million dollars they're making just for permits, and uh, they're saying they're being pressured to limit that number because of the traffic jams that were happening on the mountain. But this year they said eleven people have died so far. Wow! I wonder if you eat your eleven grand back if you die. Probably not. It doesn't matter at that point. He did. It doesn't. He did. If you can spend eleven grand doing this, it's probably pennies on the dollar to your net worth. See what they should do is fuck with people. Be like, all right, we're gonna issue two hundred climbing permits, and then we're gonna issue like another hundred of like worker cleanup permits. So you get to go and you gotta take it, take down at least like you know a hundred pounds of trash. Just fuck with them. Like you got, you gotta bring trash down. That's what you're well, looking at. The, like, look at the picture of the, the garbage, and there's like a bottle of beef eater gin. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of shit in there. There's beer bottles, there's tuna cans, there's freaking a lot of alcohol bottles. No condom wrappers, from what I can see. Huh? Based on our discussion that we had a few weeks ago. You know, somebody's got to be like a summit and I climaxed on top of Everest. Oh, you'd have to. I mean, that's got to be. Yeah. Maybe that's what the chain of people going up the mountain was. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a gangbang up there at the top. <laughs> it 
it was some freaky gangbang going up. 381 currents of just people doing it. Just press rewind if I haven't blown your mind. <laughs> Crazy shit, man. Yep. Yeah, nobody thinks about the trash. It's that whole, you know, go in and what it what do they call it? Zero um zero footprint, zero zero equal footprint when you go camping and stuff. Yeah. Like I guess people don't do that when they go climb Everest. No, it's too much work. Need that like, fuck it, man. I got a Sherpa. Yeah, I got a Sherpa. <laughs> Paying a Sherpa. Well, pay the Sherpa to extra to take down your garbage if that's it. Maybe that would be a uh a great Kickstarter program to have a a, a garbage Sherpa come with you. I got a Kickstarter that would, would settle it all. Just have a Kickstarter, buy all the permits, and let nobody climb it. How about that? Ah, even better, right? <laughs> well, climb up, you take your own stuff up there, and you bring your own shit back out. How about that? You yeah. get arrested. And speaking of Kickstarters, that's us rolling into the main topic. Boom. And so I found a pretty cool item this week for biking. And, you know, with it being almost ski season right about now, we're starting to look at other things that can occupy us in the summertime, things we can do to have fun, to enjoy the summer, but also to, you know, get us prepared for the next season. Because we're always kind of keeping our eyes on the next season. And we're never tossing out the opportunity to go down to South America and get some turns in over the summer. We've talked about Kickstarter in the past, and it's probably a little bit early in the season to see a lot of cool ski stuff. But this biking smart Halo 2 like super uh, bike computer came up. So it kind of got us thinking about, you know, Kickstarters and crowdfunding and you know, some of the stuff is out there now and for the ski and snowboard industry. And that's what we're going to talk about for the main topic. So it's not going to be long. It's going to be pretty short, but uh, it's going to be sweet and fun. So, Mario, I know you're a cycling kind of guy. And this Smart Halo 2, what did you think about this? So this you sent to me because you found this and you're like, this is really cool. Um... So it's kind of like this round, like to describe it to people, right? It's like a round um, computer, you know, device that you put on your handlebars, like right in the middle. And it kind of does all these things. Like it does alerts. It does like, it tells you where to turn uh, by lighting up a side of the thing. Security alarm it has on there too. (laughs) Security alarm is pretty cool. And they say it's like, I guess, secure that people can't rip it off, which I like. Because a lot of the bike computers that I have, basically, if you leave it on the computer, somebody just walks by and but like, there you go. There's a computer jackass. You know, there's $300 gone down the drain, you know. So I like the fact that it was, it was on there. Um, it was a little weird, like looking at it. It seemed to communicate a lot of real details with your phone. So I've gone through things before. Like I've tried a bunch of different bike computers and some of them that where you rely on your phone a lot. Well, then you might as well just look at your phone if you're going to want to see stuff on the phone. Because they have those mounts, right? Like you can mount it on your handlebars. Yeah. But then you're talking about mounting this computer and a phone on your thing. And then you get to that point, you're like, I'll just have the phone on. You know what I mean? It was really cool because... And play a video game, a biking video game. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You just Xbox. Your Peloton bike, just pedal. 
Oh, there you go. Peloton. Um, but uh, no, this was really cool. I like if you're doing, okay, so if you're out doing 50 miles, maybe this isn't the right thing for you. But if you're going out city biking, you just run to a store or something like that, this thing is great because it's mounted on there. It's secure, so you don't have to worry about getting stolen. So you just lock up your bike and everything. Um, and that's kind of how they market it. It seemed like more of an urban uh, city commuter bike kind of thing that you mount on there. And I think it's fantastic because it has like lights and it shows you where to go and it gives you alerts. And without having to look at your phone, it tells you like you got a message and things like that. So um, I think it's pretty cool. Did they hit their goal? Oh, they've decimated their goal. They crushed it. They were going for like 50,000, 55,000, 925. They're at 579,000. Nice. Six days to go. What I liked is the second generation. So they took a lot of the comments from the first generation, put it into here. And I think this is going to be really good. This is this seems like it would be worth it. Um, I want to see where this goes next or if this starts prompt. Because what happens is if you come out with something that's good enough, all the other companies that are in the market also start copying either the design, the UI, the shape, uh, some of the alerts, like things like that. So it'll be cool to see. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, I just bought myself... I, I traded in frequent flyer miles because I'm like, I'm not flying now. So let me trade in some of my miles. I got a kick-ass bike computer. I got a Garmin Edge. Oh, really? Yeah. So that thing mounts on and it shows you. I got the fancy one. It has touchscreen and everything. So it's it shows fancy. you like turn by turn where you're going. Like, so how, does that, how does that compare to something like this? So something like this, you can use to do like big biking, you know, like, because when I say big biking, I mean, like, I want to look at all my stats all the time. I want to see my heart rate, my cadence, and my uh, my speed at all times. I don't have a power monitor because I'm too ghetto to afford one. Um, but if I had one of those, I'd want to see it. And when you're road cycling, you want to see that all the time. This looks like it could show you that. I don't know if we can show you it all at the same time or if it's going to toggle through and you'd have to keep touching it. I like uh, That's why I like, you know, something like the Garmin is set up for looking at all that crap at one time, it kind of has the UI has like all the boxes with all that stuff at the same time, plus the little map where you're going. So it's kind of a little bit more, it's kind of information overload, except if you're, you know, if you're road cycling, you want to see it. So, um, this one is more, it gives you the stuff in bits, like on triggers and stuff like that, which I like. And like I said, if I'm, if I'm tooling around, like if you're riding this to work every day, um, and you're in like a big city, this is perfect because you're not going to go, you know, 20, 30 miles an hour. You're going to be going 18, you know, you might be going pretty fast, but you might have a lot of stop and go. So this is a little bit more, a little bit more intuitive for that kind of use. And that's what people don't realize. Like I have several bikes now I have, you know, my beach cruiser bike, I have the road bike, I have the mountain bike, which I use for just tooling around and I have my Walmart bike for if I want to just go to the store and not even worry about locking it up. You know what I mean? Like just like a shit bike that I beat up. Um, so it's kind of like you, you got to look for what use that you're using it for. And I think this has a great use for something like just city biking and, you know, maybe road biking, but I would say more city biking. It looks like pretty cool. Okay. So yours is more like technical. This is more for, Almost like a like a tactical commuting. 
Yeah. And I, and this looks like it could get technical, but I think that's where it probably, when you compare it to other devices, is probably where it's not as strong. But if you're talking about simplicity, that's where it's stronger some, than some of those other devices, which can be very complicated. Like my stupid Garmin is very complicated to hook up. Plus I got to hook up sensors. Plus I got to do, so there's a lot of hookup on it. You know what I mean? Whereas this, you just plug in and it's reading everything. Yeah, this seems pretty nifty. I like it. And it has a light on it too. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Which if anybody hasn't ridden at night or dusk um, or dawn, it's uh, you need a light. So it's kind of nice to have as much lighting as you can, especially if you're on a street or something like that. I mean, I ride on a lot of trail riding now, but when you're riding on the street, especially if you're like in those, you know, morning hours or late evening hours, you definitely want as many lights for people to see you because they will mow you down. Yeah, right. You want flashing lights, put as many lights as you, you know, to be fair, like, you know, people get wiped out if they're, if, they, if you're, I've, I've seen people on the road riding a bike that's all black and they're wearing black hoodie, black pants. And I'm like, you have nothing reflective on that bike. <laughs> like, I'm surprised you're not mowed down by now, you know? Yeah. People so. do a lot, of, a lot of dumb things when it comes to. And, you know, I can understand somebody may get caught out and stay later than they expect and they didn't have a light on. It's, it's just, uh, you know, just, just realize the danger that you're in, you know? But I think I like the fact that it lights up and it has a lot of flash and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's neat. It's very so, intuitive. Yeah. So there's another, so there's actually a couple of ski related things that are out there now on Kickstarter. And one of them, it's not doing so great, but they got plenty of time left. It's beating the snow with less than 99 US dollars. Black ski boardware. So this company, they're trying to come out with some reasonably priced ski and snowboard gear for, you know, folks who don't want to spend, you know, 800 bucks on an Arcteric jacket. And it's weatherproof or waterproof. It's got, uh, you know, 10,000 millimeters breathability, 10,000 G, water repellent, 4.5, and all seam sealing taped. These are less than ninety nine dollars each U.S. They look pretty good, and they they have all the key pieces you would want, right? It looks like it. Yeah, there's a couple of demo videos. Uh, it's got a hood. It looks like it's is it like an anorak, or it just have like zippers, like two zippers on the side. Yeah, looks like it's got like yeah, like two side zippers. Well, because they don't put it right in your face, right? So I've seen that on some of the other jackets where they do the, it's almost like the cross. Mine does that. It goes yeah. up off to the side there. Because they don't want it on your on your chin. The zipper on your chin, yeah. Yeah. So they got that covered. Oh, they got a few different styles, actually. Yeah, I like the ones that look like jogging pants almost. They have a white stripe on them. Just scrolling down to those. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or banished track track pants number two. Those are pretty cool, yeah. So they look pretty cool. I mean, they look like track pants, but they're snowboarding pants. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty badass. So you think about coming in under ninety nine dollars. That's pretty impressive. If they're, you know, now you're talking about creating, you know, and why not, right? I mean, the industry 
hasn't been as big as it is now, you know, from in my lifetime, at least now there's a lot more visibility to it. There's a lot more people getting involved in it and just volume, you know, efficiency scale. There's more people like going like skiing and boarding. I think one thing too, is the economy has been so good for so long. Yeah. We haven't had a recession or any, you know, any depressions or anything for a while. So I wonder, I wonder if, you know, if these guys came out now and if something did happen and there was a big, you know, crash in the stock market and jobless job rates, you know, job uh, rates dropped, unemployment rose, like would something like this be a lot more popular? Yeah. I mean, even now, like, even if you have the money, you're like, they're only 99 bucks. I'll throw 99 bucks and get some pants. And if they're great, great. If they're not, then I'll get rid of them, give them to somebody or, you know what I mean? And get something else. I mean, so it's kind of cool to see. Plus, you know, you start thinking about making skiing and boarding accessible to people maybe that don't have as much money as, you know, we're the wannabe highfalutins. When I started out, I mean... Yeah, I didn't have a pot to piss and I was going with really not warm gear. It wasn't really ski gear when I first started skiing and I was freezing my balls off, you know? I mean, there's plenty of people I'm sure listening to the show that started out skiing in jeans. That's what you did back then. Oh, yeah. You're like, you ski in jeans because you didn't have any, you know, ski stuff. And you're like, I'm not dropping money on ski stuff unless I know I'm going to be skiing. It's true. Hey, yeah. you know, just kind of made it work. So for a hundred bucks, that's not bad. Yeah. Especially a winter jacket, you know. There's a lot of people now moving down to Florida here. I meet a lot of people that are like, oh, we're going up, you know, in the middle of winter. They're like, I gotta go up for a family event, or I gotta go up, we're going on vacation in New York, and it's it's like November or December. And I'm like, wow, you're gonna freeze your balls off. And they're like, Yeah, I gotta go out and buy like winter gear now that they haven't had to get ever. And it's like and all they need it for is like a week and then they might not use it until next year or the year after. So it's kind of like, just leave the tag on, yeah, Buy yeah. It, leave the tag on wear it for a week. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, something like this, you'd be like, Oh yeah, we're going to go skiing for the first time. Like, yeah, you're not going to have that shit laying around. Yeah. I like the idea. All right. What's the next thing you found? So I found something that was kind of cute. It just kind of caught my eye. Um, and then I thought about an application for some skiing boarders that might be traveling around in a camper or a van or, uh, something. They have this more zero ultra fast countertop tumble dryer for any home. So it's 15 minute dry time, vacuum technology, UV sterilization, uh, auto reverse tumble, ventless design, easy insulation and, and fabric protection. And it's this tiny, I gotta say, it's like the size of, there's a guy standing next to it and it goes from like his nuts to his chest is how tall it is. So it's, it really can't be that. It looks like either like a giant blender or like a bread machine. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a bread machine. That's what I keep thinking when I see it. And you put, I guess you put like a limited number, you know, amount of clothes in there and it dries it in like 15 minutes. And um, they're saying it's great for your home boat or RV. Like, I never even thought about that on a boat. Like, if you have a decent-sized boat, you're hanging out there, just you get a little dryer. Like, <laughs> so it's pretty neat. It's um, and compact. Yeah, I mean, 
they were trying to get $50,000 and they have 541,000. So they crushed Ooh. and they still have five days to go. So obviously there's a lot, a lot of people. And I guess it was at CES this year. A lot so, of people have boats. Yeah, man. Or an RV. RVs are, are, it's a big deal now. There's, there's a lot of RVs being sold. So oh, yeah, I, I could see this thing going in an RV. It's, it's kind of cute. It's like a tabletop dryer. So, um, I've seen for RVs, they have these tiny, these little uh, washing machines that you hook up to like your sink faucet and you can wash your stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Cause my mom's living in a place now where she, you know, they have a communal washer and dryer. She was thinking about getting a washer and dryer. And then I was like, I came across one for a camper and it washes, but there's no, there's no dryer. So basically you have to hang your stuff out on the line. Well, this, you can kind of dry your stuff. It's kind of neat. That is kind of neat. It seems cute, right? Mm-hmm. I guess they're saying retail value be 1098 bucks. It's a vacuum tumbler dryer. So I guess it sucks the moisture the air out, the moisture out. Because a lot of the dryers, if you look at it, they just heat up and spin it around. Yeah. And then everything just kind of goes out the vent, but doesn't suck it out. So very interesting. Yeah, very cool. So this dries closed within 15 minutes using UV and IF technology. And UV actually sterilizes things too. So yeah. It's true. No vents. Yeah. So it seems pretty cool. I like the fact that they're doing this technology because think about like this is a great use for like a small application, but if this technology hits big, then they'll make full size where you don't even have to vent. You know what I mean? Like think about how much of a pain in the ass it is to have a vent. Look at all that plumbing and stuff they have to have now is like just ridiculous. And oh yeah. And then you get birds that live in there, like up North down, down here is not as bad, but up yeah, North. Be- have pythons in there now. Python, that's right. And pythons and just some other like alligators bugs and shit in there. Uh, but up north, there was always like, I literally, I gotta say, probably like two or three times in my life, we had birds in there because in the winter, it's given out that heat. So they, if they can get in, if the vent isn't totally closed, they get in, they put a nest in there and it's fucked up. But you got a nest in your, <laughs> that you're blowing hot air into every time, which, which is what they want. Cause it's freezing cold up there. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of messed up, but. And you got to go clean it out when they leave or evict them, you know? Evict them, yeah. So there was one last thing that we saw on Kickstarter right now, and it's for a company, and it's called Ergon Training. And they are the ultimate companion app for the Concept2 Ergs, Row, Bike, and Skate. So the folks who came up with this, they actually own some CrossFit gyms up in Vermont. And um, they have this Ergon training system, which is dedicated to your success with the Concept2 Ergs bike, row, and ski. And this app educates you about the machines, proper technique, structured workouts, keep you focused, and set motivational goals that are challenging and attainable. So they've built this. It's, this, is, this seems like it's almost like a Peloton for rowing. Nice. Um, but it's not just rowing. They have rowing, they have biking, and then they have, um, I'm trying to figure out what that other symbol is. Because it looks, 
almost like um what are those machines called where you're kind of like you're doing like your arms on there oh like a um like a climber kind of thing like the nordic track right and not like nor like a little bit different than a nordic track like uh, uh digging out of a digging out of a well that some creepy guy put you in because he wants you yeah, to put the lotion on <laughs> you didn't put the lotion in the basket you got in trouble you gotta climb out of it like the machine <laughs> that workout it prepares you for the climbing out of the out of the well out of the dungeon out of the dungeon from the creepy killer yeah that's that machine that machine that's a good machine yeah <laughs> somebody gives you that you're like whoa whoa what are you trying to tell me yeah so it's a <laughs> library of videos on how to how to do these different techniques and um get the most out of your workouts oh, very cool micro coaching and um Again, it's like if you're into that like group fitness thing, which you're maybe you're you're somewhere remote or you can't you have a strange schedule and you can't go to classes. This is one of those tools that would help you to feel like a little more social and involved and not so isolated and have some assistance in your workouts. I think it's a great idea. You know, any any advice you can get, you know, helps. Uh, I think I mentioned to you before the show. I was like, you know, I started going back to the gym again. I want to like, you know, track my workouts or see if there's like an app out there to kind of help with, you know, tracking stuff or maybe suggested like workout regimens for days and stuff like that. So I, uh, I went on to like the app store and I kind of just blew my mind. I'm like, holy shit, I really need to know exactly what I want to get because there's so many different apps out there. So something like this is kind of nice to, uh, to guide you through. All right, so I found the machine I'm talking about. It's called the Ski Erg, S K I E R G. And it's an indoor Nordic skiing machine. And the company that makes it is called Concept Two. Huh. It seems like oh, yeah. it's more just like the upper body part, though. I still think it, it prepared. I still think it prepares you to climb out of that little hole that the creepy guy put you in. Oh, for sure. Or Ninja Warrior, yeah. right? It's called Ski Erg. You know, I still, I still have my fantasy workout machine. And it's, you know, we've talked about the Skier's Edge, which is awesome. And we've all seen Nordic tracks back in the day. And this machine, the Ski Erg. I just, I want to, I want some, again, have you ever been on those, like, um, there's this, I forget the brand that makes them, but it's an elliptical and there's a way where it's not just going like up and down. It's almost like a skating motion. Like it's, oh, cool. and I've used those before and I actually really like them. And I'm trying to figure out like, how do you combine those three things together so you can make a machine and now we're getting crazy talk here. You get some like, like virtual reality too. So you put on your glasses and your headphones and you have this machine and the workout is you can like, there'll be parts of it where you're cross country skiing, you're going up hills and you get to the top and like you're doing like wicked downhills. You're doing like super G and like the machine would kind of lock you in. So you wouldn't have like that, that movement going side to side, like you would going up hills or you're flat, but you're locked in straight going downhill. Hmm. I don't know. 
I don't understand the physics that would be involved in building this machine, but I know what I want the machine to be like, almost like a like cross country ski plus X games plus like Olympic downhill and super G combined. All right. So you could take that from concept to production, right? Mm -hmm. But the money that would be involved in that, you could just go on ski trips for the next 37 years. Exactly. (laughs) I know that's the rub. It's like you have all these, like, like I was watching, I was watching that stupid, um, pawn stars where they were, you know, they get the pawn stuff. Yeah. yeah. uh, This one guy brought in a, a heavy bag from Rocky Marciano. Which says it was from Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Marciano. And it was a 200 pound heavy bag. They don't make them. It had to be custom made. And you think about that. Like his training was just like, I'm going to hit this fucking bag. If I get hit a 200 pound bag on a regular basis, I can just punch through everything. And you know what he did? He was undefeated. He just punched through everything. It's crazy. He whooped Joe Lewis's ass. You get all these fancy training things, or you could say, hey, take this rock and lift it and put it over here. How about that? Why don't you do that? Why don't you ski? That's you are correct, sir. You know, and unfortunately, I like where you're going with it. Well, think about like, look at Peloton. You're spending 2,500 bucks on a machine and you don't go anywhere. Damn. You can buy like, a monthly fee. You can buy five bikes and actually go somewhere. You can buy a pretty nice bike for 2,500 bucks. You, you could buy a nice road bike or a mountain bike or you could buy whatever type of biking you, you want. It could be buy. a nice mountain bike and road bike. Boom. Yeah, I would be two bikes. That's yes, it. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe three. You keep you loading them up. Of your own destiny and you go anywhere you want. Right. You go to Walmart, you're buying like 30 bikes with that. <laughs> <laughs> go to Costco, get a six pack of bikes. That's right. Do you have them in a six pack just packaged in? Oh yeah, we got the you got the, you know, they have the road bike. Uh <laughs> they have them all packaged like hybrid, a beach cruiser. Yeah, the three different bikes, all in one package. Variety pack. Oh. That's what I need. Perfect. So it's funny, like Kickstarter, I love because I love looking around because they got some cool stuff, some weird stuff. And there's some stuff that I look at. I'm like, this is really cool. Like I, I caught myself today and I was like, this is really cool. And then I was looking through and I'm like, what the hell would you use this for? <laughs> so I think I told you before, they have this thing. It's a Mobius strip. And if anybody doesn't know the Mobius strip is, it's like a, a circle but it's actually a flat surface because it never ends. Like you can, you can go along it. And if you follow the path along it, you're never switching, you're never switching sides, but you're not on the same side, but it's like a, a continual, it's kind of like, um, I don't know what they call it, but it's, uh, it's like an endless flat surface that you can keep going down so it's pretty cool that they're making these but the funniest thing is they make them and they and they're you know to support them they have like packs of one and two and all the way up to like 10 of them and i'm like yeah these are great but i'm like what the hell do you do with them (laughs) so it's funny they have like you know they have them as decoration people have them around and one of the pictures they have is just hilarious to me because they have a picture of did i send this to you where did you find it um the um the one picture of the car, it's like a car center console. And there, I just sent it to you. It's the car center console. And then they just put one of these on there. And I'm like, that's nice, but that's not attached to it. It's going to fly off when you turn. 
Like, it's just kind of funny. I'm like, well, it's nice. It's interesting. It's just, I don't know what you would use it for. I still want to get one, though. <laughs> well, they so- have crushed their goal. I mean, they were going for 4000 bucks every 77000 So I know. A lot of people want these things. Yeah. Again, economy's doing so well. We have all this extra money. Yes. Stupid shit. Send me five Mobius strips because I need them. Choice of color. Machine to loom. I don't, I don't know what... I don't know. It's, it's weird. It so for 33 cool. bucks, you get one of them. There's some other like, really cool stuff in there. You know, and again, you, whatever you're sort of into and, you know, there's, there's a lot of fun things that are out there. You know, they have a lot of like, 3D printing stuff, which we talked about before the podcast started. And um, they have this other thing that's out there right now. It's called Dryceratop. It's a 100% solar food dehydrator for mason jars. Nice. So you take your mason jars that you already have. You put these tops on. It's got a little solar panel into it, and it'll dehydrate your f- whatever you put in there. Dude, did you ever have a dehydrator? Uh, no. I had one for a little while, and then I don't like know why I got rid of it. Huh? It's like being an astronaut, all the food then. Oh, dude, it's great because I was actually growing stuff. I had, had a bunch of plants like basil and mint and weed. stuff like that. Well, didn't have weed, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But you actually, you, you cut it down, like, you know, because I know the, the cold was coming, so I cut it down, threw in the dehydrator. That shit was great. It was like fresh herbs that you cut out of your garden, man, all year round. That is kind of cool. You dehydrate anything. One of the examples are showing, the uh, guy's like cutting up an apple, putting it on sticks, like on skewers and putting it in there. You're like dried apple. It's cool, but if you don't use it, you look at it and you're like, why do I have that laying around? Why did I buy this thing? And then I actually saw something online for making your own beef jerky and you can dehydrate in your, in your own oven. You keep it at like a hundred degrees with the door open and you'll dehydrate. You use a lot of heat, but you can use your oven as a dehydrator too. Nice. But it is kind of cool to have like a dedicated, it's more efficient too. You know, mm-hmm. well, I so, made yeah. my own beef jerky. It was a lot of work. A lot of expense. You better off just buying Jack Links. <laughs> just buy Jack Links. <laughs> buy the goddamn Jack Links and get it <laughs> over. Jack's with. been busting his ass getting this uh, down to a science, so he I knows think, what. Like, knows what's up. I don't think you. I don't think you can make it cheaper because you you got to buy good meat mm-hmm. and you got to season the shit out of it and then you got to dehydrate it. Like when you're all said and done, yeah, it's nice and natural, but you're still using the salt. You're still using all the other product that you're putting on the meat. So I don't know. Jack Links is. We're going to Costco and buy that, you know, pretty good. Giant tub of, tub of jerky. Tub of jerky. So, yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff out there. If you haven't taken the time and, and delved into Kickstarter, you really, it really it's worth taking a few minutes, just cruise around and find stuff that you're into because you can really find some fun projects. And, you know, it, the way it's set up, you're really helping out the creators, the inventors of these things because, you know, these folks, are uh they're they're kind of you know bootstrapping this entire operation just figuring out how to create a company a product based on a passion based on something they've built done created and you see you're actually helping them out from at the ground level create this even if you give them like a buck it's just validating that you believe that that product should exist 
or that they're doing something good. You know what I mean? Like I kind of like doing that every once in a while, just even give them a buck. You don't get anything for it, which even feels better sometimes. Just give them a buck for, yeah, I backed you because I I think this is a a product that should exist. I keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have links to all these specific products, but you know, obviously the URL kickstarter.com if you want to find some of the things that you're into and want to back some of these projects under the ropes mario kick us off all right first up just it just happened uh yesterday or today when we started filming this uh recordings uh bigfoot's fbi file reveals strange story of a monster hunter and 15 mysterious hares. So um, the U.S. government just released Bigfoot's FBI file yesterday on June 5th. And it contains a few new clippings, some formal letters to and from Monster Hunter, uh, a monster hunter in the 1970s, uh, leading to an examination of 15 hairs and some skin the hunter believed came from a Bigfoot. So Peter Byrne, that monster hunter, First, uh, saying uh, the Bigfoot Information Center and exhibition um, suggested that the, the flesh and hair was belonging to a mysterious creature, possibly a Bigfoot. So he didn't get an answer until it all at the end. Uh, I think it was 77. The lab examined the 15 hairs and what he believes was the flesh. And they said, um, on behalf of the, you know, he, he did a, a strong letter to them and a person replied saying, um, they believe the characteristics, root structure, thickness, scale cast, and the hair were um, observed under a microscope. And they believe the hairs are of deer family origin. So I don't know if that clears up any of the Bigfoot debate, but uh, they did. It's just funny. Like they had this Bigfoot file under wraps and hidden for like all these years. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it's always, they always, you know, the people who are big believers are always like, Oh yeah, there's hair samples. And you know, they just, they just tell us that because they don't want us to know the truth. And why did it take so long for this to become unclassified? What are they hiding? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, you got to wonder too, like, you know, there's so many, you know, sightings of Bigfoot and, you know, people, people tend to embellish things in regular things in life and something like that. You know, there's so many other explanations rather than Bigfoot. You know, it could be a bear, it could be some other animal, it could be a person. But, uh, some people, I mean, why couldn't it be a Bigfoot? It would be, but there's probably 50 other things that it more likely is than big. Yeah. But, I mean, you also got to remember, too, everybody puts out in their mind that we did have dinosaurs roaming the planet at one time. That's pretty fucked up stuff. If you take a dinosaur today and somebody tells you, yeah, I saw a freaking T-Rex chasing me down the road, you'd be like, get the hell out of here. You're watching too many movies, right? Uh, haven't you seen the new Jurassic Park where the dinosaurs come back to... They get there back to the land. Exactly. Well, you know, dinosaurs 
with if you know the you outside like an Olive Garden, like four o'clock on a Saturday, you got like rappers like eating fat people, just like taking them down, taking them out, just waiting, stalking them, going just to the cheesecake factory. Just oh you know, yeah, it's good eats right there. Any buffet like the Raptors would be like, <laughs> you would know after a while where to go. This is too easy. <laughs> it's like it's so slow. <laughs> like just too easy. Yeah, it's fine. Right, we have one more fun story here while we're under the ropes. And I saw this one today and I really like this story a lot. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And this is from the good folks up in Vancouver from the website, Vancouver is awesome.com. So what they did is, yeah, they're discouraging people from using single use bags. So they're coming up with some fun and, and creative, you know, re- reusable bags. And that's pretty funny. So they actually charged our customers five cents. I know it's like when you're in Europe too. Remember when we were in um, in Austria? Like they charge you for plastic bags. That's yeah. kind of the default now. Oh, all of Europe does. I mean, Aldi does because they're a European company. They always have. That's right. Aldi does. I think that so, weekends they don't. Oh, right. Yeah. That, when they first opened down here, they uh, they didn't charge you for them because they wanted to. You know, they don't want you have a. I mean, if that first weekend, you have no idea how it works. Right. Right. So many customers if they, they didn't do that. Yeah. I went to the Aldi this week and uh, I went in and I'm walking in with my bag. And this guy sees me in the parking lot. Like, he's like, damn it. I knew I forgot something. <laughs> he said it out loud too. I was like, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> I Got can't help bag, you, bro. Man. I need mine. It's going to cost you five cents each. Yeah, some of these bags that they have, um, they have like the weird adult video emporium. Yeah. Work appointment warehouse. It's funny, but in the same sense, then don't charge me to walk down with this embarrassing bag. Right? Right? <laughs> I know. Kind of dicky. That's how we learn. You know what? We're not smart enough to learn any other way. We have to be embarrassed. Dude, those are gonna be novel. People are like, man, oh yeah, I got the tampon bag. I got the, I got the, bag. <laughs> I, got the I got the porn video bag. That's the one I wanted. Yeah. Perfect. Can I pick which one I want? That's what's gonna turn into. Yep. Irony will win the day. Use those. Uh, you can. What you do is you repurpose them after you get them, and you give them as like, uh, here's your Christmas present in your in the in the bag. You sew your own. A permanent bag with the same design. Exactly. Given a gift, here's a perfect gift bag. That's the move. It's <laughs> awesome. All right. So I guess that wraps up the old podcast for the week. Thank you all so much for listening. Really do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. All of our info is there. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Podcast. Anything else, YouTube, Spotify, Pinterest, just give us a search. Search for Steve on Podcast. We'll show up. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, I'll see you. See ya.